Hello, podcast listeners, episode number 106. Thanks for jumping on for another one of the Access Potential podcast. And today I'm going to sit down again with Ben Greenwood from 100% Strength. And a few of you will have remembered I did an episode with Ben a while back, uh, which was really cool and, and got a lot of great feedback on that. Ben is a strength and conditioning coach, movement coach, um, movement and mobility, as well as nutrition and lifestyle for, uh, hopefully I get this right, motocross and off-road. So we're going to talk about uh, his business. This is a, a very niche business, a very cool business, and I think you get a lot of value out of this, and there's a lot of uh, possibility for people with specific interests um, and specific passions as well. So some great takeaways around how you could potentially move forward as well as some other stuff. Hopefully we'll dive into his approach to content and communication and some of the work around that as well. So without further ado, let's jump in number 106 and you're listening to John Marsh. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on for a second round. Uh, so I guess for context, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, Melbourne, so, so Ben's gym is in Victoria and Melbourne is currently in their second wave of the coronavirus lockdown. So tell us Ben, like, how's everything going for you? I know that's not you specifically, but how's, you know, tell us a bit about your business, where you're situated, what this means to you and how it's all sort of going at the moment. Yeah, cool. So we're in northeast Victoria, so we're just below the border, below Aubrey Wodonga. So initially at the start of the year, the lockdowns and the closure of gyms was, well, it was um, countrywide, I suppose. It was for everyone in Australia. So we were definitely affected by that and we had to shift our, I do have, like most of my business is online, but I do have like sort of 15 to 20 clients who train face-to-face with me in the gym. So we had to shift them across to training via Zoom and doing the training at home. Um, they took some some gear home with them that they could complete that with. Um, so now, now we're back to doing face-to-face sessions again, which is uh, really cool. So I guess the current lockdowns haven't affected us too much. We're just, we're not allowed to go to Albury, obviously. We can't go over the border. Um, but I guess it's more probably affected the training camps that we do. We do training camps um, for the, the off-road guys that I train so we've been a little bit restricted in in how we run them and obviously who can come to them um, we had to postpone one because we had we had it sold out for for 20 people for a weekend and obviously like 90% of the people who were going to come to it were from the lockdown area so they they couldn't actually come so yeah. so it's yeah it's presenting a few little issues there but like in the scheme of things it's with everything that's gone on this year like we're still kicking goals yeah so give us a give us a breakdown of basically uh who your business is for and what you do and the channels that you deliver so you mentioned there there's a big online component so who's it for who's your customer what you really do with them how you help them and how you your method of delivery yeah so it's, I guess, my niche is off-road races. So in, 
I guess if you think of racing dirt bikes, most people would be familiar with motocross. So off-road is like the, the off-road version of motocross, I suppose. So it's in the bush, um, endurance events. So that's who I specifically um, train with my training you program. You still doing laps around a circuit in that or is it A to B type races? Um, they vary. There's, there's different modalities, I suppose, but a lot of them you are doing laps, but they're a lot longer. Like a motocross track might be like two minute lap. Whereas if you do a, an off-road event where it's laps, it could be a 20 minute lap. Yeah. And you're doing as many laps as you can for like three hours. So, so yeah, I do like, I do have a few clients that race motocross, but like 95% of my clients are, are off-road races. So I guess the majority of my clients are people who are, they're already sort of dabbled with training and, and sort of gone down that line of, of wanting to improve themselves. But they're, I suppose they, they're looking for guidance and, and, and some structure to move forward with their training and, and get better results. And they're not all like some of my clients are like at the pointy end of their pro level races. The, Honestly, like the most of my clients are just like the average guy who goes riding every weekend who might be in clubman or expert and they're obviously still putting a lot into their racing and spending a lot of money to do that. So they want to get the best out of their, get the best results they can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so you've got, what's your sort of rough split online and offline delivery? How do they train with you? So I've got... I've got like 15 clients who train with me in the gym at the moment, face-to-face. The majority of them are just general pop, probably like six or seven of those uh, are guys that ride dirt bikes, um, just locally who happen to live nearby. Um, and then the rest of my clients who train online, it's it's predominantly all online. Like we, we use the True Coach app, so their programming gets delivered via the True Coach app. So... Predominantly, they're doing all their training at home. However, we do do like our training camps that we run where they can come along to those training camps and we sort of vary. They might be at another location and we just focus on like the actual riding component um, and do some coaching on the bikes. Or sometimes I do run weekends here at home where they can come and stay for the weekend and we, we train in the gym, go through some technique. For Obviously, that's for my clients who live within traveling distance of course um but predominantly like the majority of my clients are performing their training at home just yeah. following along through the true coach app yeah and um what's the i'm also interested like you know uh with when if you kind of follow along with your content and and the stuff that you talk about there's a mixture there's the new the bit of nutrition stuff you know you're often putting up uh, little mobility routines or things around mindset too. What's the sort of split with the ways that you're helping uh, these riders? Like, is it is it mostly strength? Is it mostly they coming to you for the strength and, and conditioning, strength and mobility or movement? Uh, and then there's a little bit of this extra stuff on top or is it a big aspect for the racing side of things? Like, how does all that mindset, nutrition, um, lifestyle stuff sit in for these guys? Yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, I think like as I guess probably most commonly 
like nutrition and the strength and conditioning are probably the two biggest things that people that people I guess realize they're the most things that are at surface level that they realize they need to work on yeah um, so that's a that's a massive part of what we do and that's where a lot of people get most of their gains but like the mindset stuff is a, a big component of that too so Again, that just depends on the client, but majority of my clients, we are working on that mindset stuff just at, at some level for sure. Yeah, cool. So, um, you know, when we last spoke, uh, I think we touched on the topic of marketing and content and that kind of thing. And I'm just interested sort of from the outside, you know, you've, uh, you know, you've had a fairly solid run and, I just wonder if you could talk to us about how the business has changed and, and what you're thinking about with your business at the moment. Um, you know, obviously with this online component and just where everything's sitting for you and what's, what's really working well for you. What are the challenges at the moment and kind of how you're just generally seeing things through your sort of lens with the business now. Yeah. So, this year has been, although all this stuff that's gone on with COVID, we've actually had the best year, like, I guess, in terms of growth in the business and financially in the business, I've had the best year I've ever had, which is awesome, which I'm super stoked about. Um, and obviously working with you has been a big part of that. Um, you've, done, you've done some serious work. <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing has just been me going all in with it um so even just in terms of the content like like you said like if you look at my content now it's just all about motorbikes um, yeah yeah i was gonna ask that actually like before i would do a post that would be about my general pop clients and then i'd do a post about moto and then i'd do a post like it was just one it was a lot of one or the other now i've just like super like niched right down and it's just all moto like and even to that point like where i changed my insta handle as well and it's just all like moto based and i think now i'm sort of starting to see the the payoff of that and that yeah. consistency starting to flow through yeah <clears throat> i want to acknowledge that a little bit because uh you know it sounds it sounds easy and it sounds like it would make sense to do all of your messaging to one specific person it's actually quite scary. And if you go back to what you said before, which is you have, you know, almost half of your face-to-face -face clients being gen pop, you know, was it seven? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, a, you know, you've got a business that is getting slanted towards um, motocross and off-road, but then each day when you come into the gym, there might be 50% of the people that you see visually are not, motocross so they've fallen on the outside of the, that kind of bell curve yeah so like it can be really scary to take your your messaging and double down on the thing that you love even though um it's proven time and time again you'll still end up with people who are not necessarily in that exact group does that make sense it does yeah absolutely for sure did you find that difficult to do at the beginning like was it a bit of a scary movement for you or is it was it easy um 
Yeah, I don't know. I think probably probably it was. I guess like I guess to an extent, like maybe even subconsciously, there was an element of that for sure. Like um, even with want like wanting to do, I've wanted to do the training camps. For it's been an idea in my head for a long time, and I just haven't like like bit the bullet and done it. Um, so yeah, I guess it 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 is. There's a there's a whole lot of things there, I suppose. Even just like the whole identity thing, just moving into that identity of just that's that's what I do now, and that's um, so. I guess it all sort of plays a role there. Talk a little bit about what you mean. What I think I I think I understand, but talk a little bit about what you mean by that and how that sort of changed things. Well, I guess like for me, like I've been coaching people for four and a half years now so at the start it was like just it's a whole other career change for me like I came from being a tradie to just like complete well that was thing not completely letting go of that at the start but trying to to transfer across to a whole new career at the age of 35 um so that was like really freaking scary so I guess in in that time over four or five years like it's you kind of feel like you're not really one or the other yet and you try and perhaps getting drawn back and every time you have a failure it's like oh do i just go back to doing what i was doing <laughs> whereas now it's like it's like okay i've been putting in the work and being consistent with it that long and sort of i guess moved into that identity that it's actually all paying off now and not not necessarily paying off but like it's I'm seeing the fruits of my labor, I suppose. Yeah. So it's kind of like people talk about that. Uh, two things come to mind. One is like, you know, that concept of sort of no plan B, like you sort of like all in, even though they're, they're always kind of really still as, you know, you're always going to be okay, but it, it's sort of acting as if you're fully committed to, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that even just comes from that niching right down thing too. Like there's when you go all in with the off-road, like I have with that being my, my niche and my client base, then it just, I guess that even in itself just changes all your thought processes as well. Like then everything you're thinking of, not just content, but events and, and your, your future um, path, I suppose, is all focused around that and, and not yeah. one or the other. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things we've talked about before is this concept of entertainment value. And, you know, so when I look at, if I look at your content and the marketing work that you're doing, you're for, um, it's called differentiation, right? So who it's for, who it's not for. And it's so for it's so clearly for motocross and off road that when I when I look at it, I have to like put a lens on of a motocross like a rider because otherwise I'm like there's so much motorbike stuff coming through, which is perfect, right? Because it's it's it basically vets it basically vets your audience, you know what I mean? Um, but we spoke about this concept of entertainment value and that in an interesting sort of way, you almost can sit slightly in towards like, towards a brand, you know? So 
showing um, stuff around the bikes themselves. I know you do. Um, I saw a cool little comp you did, like a um, changing a filter as fast as you can, or you'll maybe share a little bit of an insight around the setup of the bikes or of some videos around, you know, people um, riding the bike or a little highlight clip from somebody in a race. And I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit, how you're thinking about your content, because you're probably in the in a bit of a unique position and quite a and quite a strong position to sort of talk about this brand aspect a little bit. Does anything come to mind for you around that, and how are you thinking about that when you're putting your marketing and your content stuff out there that's speaking to these people? Um. Well, I guess now I'm trying to make my content to have. And that's probably something I didn't really consider until you, I guess, mentioned it to me, the entertainment value of, of my content. But so I guess it's something that I'm trying to marry into educational content as well. Like the, as we've spoken about, like the entertainment or the stuff that I, I post that has, I guess, more entertainment value gets heaps of likes and stuff like that. Um, but whereas the educational content gets more saves and I'll probably get more feedback on it. Like people will message me and say, Oh, I tried that stretch or I tried that exercise and it feels like a million times better. Um, so I guess I'm trying to marry the two together at the moment, like look at ways that I can include a bit of the entertainment value stuff into the educational content. Um, then perhaps get more buy-in to the educational stuff that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's it's really interesting. I was speaking to somebody about this earlier today. Uh, it's this feeling of, you know, quite often when we consume or when we're watching content or marketing, or whatever. It's like if you gave the perfect list of ten exact things to do to like ride a better race, a lot of people just don't even really care. It's the feeling, you know. It's the feeling of being amongst other riders are being a part of the brand are being part of your journey of, and then inside of all of that, like a couple of tips around the racing is really helpful. Yeah. But if it's too, if it's too, uh, if, if it's not giving us that little bit of evoking that little bit of emotion around becoming a rider or being a rider, um, it's hard to get even really, really excellent educational content through we see a lot of it with it, physios, gyms, this kind of thing, because there's such a focus on educational content. But if it's just the same sort of thing against a wall, doing like a single leg deadlift or something, it's sort of like, okay, cool. It's not really pulling at my heartstrings, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Do sure. you find that? Like, do you find that videos of people riding or stuff that's even language that's specific to the, to the riders is helpful? In, in terms of my content? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. Um, I guess, and I guess that's the challenge, like I say, is trying to, to marry the two together and, and, and balance them both, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but like, and, and the likes, like it doesn't really matter, I suppose, at the end of the day, like those, those posts that are higher entertainment value get heaps of likes. Um, but then in the last two days, like I've had a, a, I've had a few messages from, from guys that 
about a post that I might have posted like three months ago. That was yeah. like um, that warm up post that I posted, and you said, "Oh, I've been doing that warm up every time I ride now, and I don't get arm pump." So, yeah, great. I was going to bring up the arm pump. So, for anyone listening, and like myself, I had no idea what arm pump was. And so, uh, Ben starts doing. Well, you, can, you can do one arm chin up, man. So I don't think you would get arm pump. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm imagining it's some sort of a forearm flare up kind of thing. Is that right? It is, yeah. yeah. From, hold, from holding on over like rough road for a while? If you death grip the bars, yeah. Yeah. If you hold on to, like, you, you clench your fist now, or if you did a one arm pull up and tried to do an isometric hold at the top of a one arm pull up, like, yeah. you're not going to last very long. Yeah. So, so riding your bike, then. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you, so Ben started, you know, you started to create this really specific content for just for riders, basically. And the language started to go deeper and deeper. And then you started to talk about arm pump and really specific warm-ups and all of these things. And what I kind of want to acknowledge is the more contextual you've gotten with the language and the more nuanced you've gotten with the gritty details of what it means to be in the world of motocross and off-road, it's almost like the better, the, the more response and relationships you're opening up and more responsive uh the your ideal customer has been to what you've been putting out is that kind of resonate oh 100 for sure so yeah. you're getting on there like give us an example like when you put something out are you thinking like like how do you go about thinking about the language and making it so specific to them now well i guess that side of it probably comes pretty easy for me because that's just how I've spoken about it all my life. So I'm just always thinking when I post something or, or when I'm thinking of a bit of content or even an, an, an analogy, if I'm trying to describe something, I'm just trying to think of, okay, how does this fit in like moto speak, essentially, like the, the words we and the way we talk about it. If I can like present an analogy for them, that's in that language like then they they can relate to it yeah i love it and the funny thing is you know as an audience i'll see it and i'll go yeah it's not for me but in that in that movement away for me who's not your ideal customer it also cements in my mind subconsciously hey if i meet someone who's into motocross like i know exactly where to send them it's yeah. like the biggest flag in the sand that you can kind of do is through language and it really repels the non you know the non-bio the non-niche but it then really allows us to direct to the right source you know what i mean for those who are interested yeah absolutely yeah uh, so talk to us a little bit about what you've seen happen and how you what's happening for you because i know you've you've grown and then you're you know, sometimes we talk about how you start isn't how you scale. And now you're starting to get sort of like the threshold of clients you can manage on the premium. And then how, what are you thinking at the moment? Are you, uh, where are you at in your growth phase and what's sort of on the horizon for you and how's that all going? Uh, it's going really well, man. Um, it's going really well, but I guess I'm at that stage now where, I'm at that stage now where I'm like doing exactly what I wanted to be doing two or three years ago when I, I guess, wrote down what I wanted to do. So now that's a reality 
now it's just actually managing like at the start when i only had 10 clients like i kind of had heaps of time but <laughs> um now i've got heaps heaps of clients so i it's it's time management i suppose and 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 being productive with my time and then but also allowing myself enough time to to have hang with the family and and train myself as well i guess that's a little bit of a challenge that i'm facing at the moment but like i'm working on that and we've spoken about that time like a little bit of a restructure with the the tiers of my programming to sort of reduce my input there so i think once I get that sorted out within the next sort of month or so that that's going to give me back a fair bit of time as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, take us back just quickly cause I'm interested in this concept of like, you know, you're adapting the, the structure, like a, a restructure of your tiered system is kind of like, if you think about it, like an organism or something like you've got now more and more energy that you're trying to support with all these extra clients. And it's, it's asking you to um, make a make a stronger, more complex sort of structure. Like, so you're going to change the structure to deal with a higher level of sort of load on the whole system. And I'm interested, like, when you started and you had ten clients, did you start just face to face? Like, what did the first iteration or two of that sort of structure look like for you before you got to where you're at now? Um, I, I, de- I started training face-to-face clients first off. Yeah. Like that's, that's how I started out with the gym. Out of your place? Yeah. 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 So, but I guess when I first went to doing the online, um, stuff, it was very, very basic. I only had like what I have, like my base level program that I have now, that was all it was at the beginning. So it was very, and there was no true coach out with the program. It was just a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet that you would print out. Um, so that was like three years ago now. Um, so it's, yeah, it's changed a lot, obviously. Um, and then initially, and then from there I went to having the base level and having like one premium option. Yeah. One high level. And now obviously I've got like the three tiers, like, base level a, a middle sort of program and then the high-end program as well so it's definitely evolved over the years but i think this like this next little sort of restructure that we do i think will be a really good system and will will work really well um i guess and and give me the time because the the content thing is I kind of enjoy doing the content. Um, I, I do really enjoy doing the content. So, but it obviously takes up a lot of time, um, mm. and to do it really well, which yeah. I like to do. So, yeah. if I can buy back a bit more time um, throughout my week with this little bit of a restructure, then I can devote a bit more time to to getting the content even better. Yeah. So, just to get real crystal clear, like if you're listening when we spoke about your stuff being kind of brand-ish, a couple of the brands that came to mind for me being outside of this niche was like Red Bull, Rockstar Energy. Like, and the reason I know is because they pop up on my, they'll pop up as a sponsored post or something like that. 
And when these companies advertise, they're just giving entertainment value. So they don't give a, 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 a picture with a buy a Rockstar energy drink. They give a 45 second high quality like sequence of people doing backflips on motocross bikes or something like that. And so then you, you follow that entertainment thread and then you end up in the ecosystem of Rockstar energy or whatever it is. And so when Ben talks about, you know, doing a good job of the content and we spoke about before of the brand, it becomes like, like you can see when you follow your stuff that there's care around making this something that's kind of fun to be a part of, like not necessarily as a buyer, um, just, just for anyone in that audience, like to be a part of this motocross and off-road and strength training thing. And so you're putting up like, good videos and you know good thoughtful educational stuff so you're, you're putting a lot of effort into the content versus just throwing stuff up there yeah yeah 100 yeah it's i guess and and yeah it, it ebbs and flows like you do a lot of the time it, it doesn't feel like it's a lot of effort i suppose like it just it, it comes naturally or but yeah there is times when it is it certainly takes a lot of energy to do it. Yeah. So um, are you, tell us a little bit about how you, I know we're getting kind of specific into, um, specific into some kind of business structural stuff and you don't need to talk numbers or anything, but like what's the flow go like? Are you just getting people reaching out from your content to then, potentially work from you and that creates the conversation is it organic is it paid how's how is and and what sort of what's this look like has it been business growth through organic content or what's been the drivers of growth and how does your sales process look and how are you sort of thinking about that so it's it's 100 percent organic i've i like and back in like when i first started three years ago with the online stuff, I did a few ads and stuff like that, but never really had any success with it. Um, So it's, it's completely hundred percent organic. Um, So uh, it's probably a bit of a, I guess a mix at the moment from just relationship building on Instagram, like people messaging me and, and, and striking up a relationship there to referrals like that's probably my biggest um i guess where most of my new clients come from is referrals and then obviously running the training camps this year has also been a big a big i guess like that funnel type thing like it gets people they come to a camp and we we do we obviously at the camps we obviously focus a lot more on the the on bike riding and and coaching but we also touch on all the other components as well so it sort of gets their I sort of just starts that relationship with them and they get exposed to, to how we do things, I suppose. And then quite often after those camps where I've got like 10 new people at a camp, two or three of them will jump on a program after that. Yeah. So the other big thing I've the camps are paid. The the camp is a, is a paid experience too, right? So your lead gen is coming through a, your your lead gen is positively geared. hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other, like this year, which again has been a big win considering 
everything that's going on. And there's actually not any racing on <laughs> at the moment or very little. There's some sort of starting back up in New South Wales, but there's none in Victoria. It's not looking like there's going to be any anytime soon either. Um, but the flip side of that is actually I've had a ton of new clients and all my clients, they've all sort of, they keep, they're re-signing. So they're not just doing a 12-week program and, and falling off or stopping. They're, they're continuing on, um, which again, that's like helped with the flow of clients as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think, I think I honestly, I think running the camps has been a big part of that too, because it's not just all online. And obviously that's only for my clients who live within traveling distance, but like I've got clients all over the world. Majority of them though are in either New South Wales or Victoria. So like it's not out of the question for them to drive like once a month or once a, every two months. And we get that face-to-face contact. Yeah. Well. Yeah. One thing I talk to people about sometimes, or that seems to come up anyway, is this concept of like, um, it's, you can look at a couple of ways, but it's sort of like, it's sort of like friction, right? So like for you to say, be an online coach and anyone listening, like to do an online business and people love this idea of like, I'm going to start an online personal training business or online, whatever it is. There's not that much friction behind that. Uh, it's not easy. It's really hard but there's not that much friction theoretically as in you could sit there in your home gym and you could do videos on pull-ups and different kinds of things. And and in theory, that would be what you need to do. But the problem is when there's not that much friction to start, not only do a lot of people do it, but also it doesn't build a huge amount of trust for us with the practitioner. And so I think when you run a camp, not only getting those leads plus the revenue and the experience and the the fulfillment from the camp, but then all of those people on the sidelines see you with like, you know, eight to 12, you know, men and women or riders and you leading them. And it, and it changes the whole perception of who you are as a leader because you get to see that, Hey, it's not just this guy behind a screen. This guy's out there, in the mix, he's in the conversation, he's, he's, he's riding alongside people, he's leading people face to face. Does that make sense at all? Oh, it does, man, absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, that's probably something that I didn't mention, but I think that just that content that's come off the back of the camps too has been a huge part of the whole process as well. Talk like, about that a little bit. How, what have you done there and what do you mean by that? Well, Again, that was just kind of something that just came about. Actually, it was actually one of my clients who is a suspension tuner. He runs a motorcycle repair shop that is, I guess, his niche is like his performance suspension modifications for, for guys that ride dirt bikes. It's one of the big things that like anyone that races is going to get their suspension tuned on their bike. It's like the, the number one thing you do when you buy a new bike. So... He actually jumped on my program as a client initially. I didn't really know him before that. I knew who he was, but we'd never spoken. And then we kind of got talking and he's like, got, he had an idea that he wanted to do these camps and we got a conversation going. So that the idea sparked from both of us just having a conversation about running a training camp that he would do his, like the bike setup side and I would do like the, 
obviously the off-bike training and, and the coaching on the bike. Um, and it just so turns out that one of his best mates is a really good photographer um, who he specialises in like off-road and, and dirt bike photography. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's like, oh, we'll get get him to come along. He can take shots. I was like, yeah, awesome. Sounds good. So, and turns out like, again, when that first camp we run, I'd never, I'd only spoken to him on the phone. I'd never actually met him before. So we ran the first camp. Um, and I guess we just hit it off. Like they're, they're really good guys and we sparked up a really good friendship. Um, so Kane, the guy that does the photography, he's, we've sort of built it into the fee that he gets a, a small fee per rider. However many riders uh, are at each camp, he gets a small fee. So he's happy to do that. And he comes along and he gets to ride as well. And he takes photos and he's like, he's a legit professional photographer. Like he sells his photos to all the big motorbike mags in Australia and does a lot of their content for them. So he takes really awesome photos of us at the camps um, doing our thing and riding. And then following on from that, he shares it with the guys who have been at the camp. So he posts it all, all up on his Facebook page and then they can go on there and, and he doesn't charge them anything for the photos. They can just have, have the photos of themselves. So they're sharing the photos of themselves riding at the camp um, on social media. Um, so I guess there's that. Again, that's just purely organic um, and it, it's it's growing the, I guess, the the coverage. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, um, you know, you can do that with language and you can do that with photos or merch. I know I remember seeing your 100% jumper and you go, oh, that's a cool jumper. Like, and so people buy the jumper, but having some sort of torch like that for people to carry away with them, like a photo of themselves or whatever is pretty powerful. Like it's a great, you know, especially like what you did, if you can manage to do that as basically a, um, a barter system to get professional level photos, like that's excellent. It is. Yeah. Like, like I say, it kind of just happened. It didn't yeah. really plan it that way. It just fell into place. Um, and it is, it's, it's, it's worked out really well. It's, it's an awesome, awesome. What deal. rider doesn't want, what like mid-level amateur rider doesn't want like a magazine worthy professional yeah. photo of them that they can put on their social media. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and it's not every day that you can go and get someone to do that. Exactly. Um, and that's really cool. Like that's, that's part of the camp. Like if any of them actually want to do like photo shoot at the end of the day, like Kane goes with them and they just like hit one corner, like over and over oh, again. Yeah. 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 And he'll just like snap shots of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool. Awesome. And um, I think just to kind of round it out, like you mentioned before you, you know, obviously as you grow, as it gets busier, or you have, you know, more people that you're serving. Uh, you mentioned the time constraints or the energy constraints and sort of thinking about those so you still get your family time in and your uh, your training and just, you know, general peace of mind. Uh, how, like, talk a bit about that. How is important, how important is that to you? How does it impact your work when you when you get that sort of balance in there and, what are you sort of doing to, you know, what's, what's been helpful for you and how are you managing that as a business owner? Um, well, it is, it's super important, man. Like, I guess that's the whole reason why I started doing this in the first place was because to focus on my health. 
um, because my health took a real dive at the end of my, when I sort of got to 30 and finished racing. So that's the whole, I guess, the big driving force behind me doing what I do. So it is super important to me that I, I, I keep on top of that. So, which of course isn't easy all the time. Like it has its, that's what I'm finding now. Like it has its challenges, obviously. Um, but I do like, like I'm sure anyone who trains would know, like the, the more I train, I feel like the more, like within reason, of course, when we're talking about the volume and intensity of training, but when I get it done, like I feel like I am more energized. So, um, I'm, like that's one of the big things is just prioritizing my training time and, and trying to work it into the start of my day because I find if I get that done in the start of the day, then I, I feel like I'm a lot more energized through the day. Yeah. Is there anything um, else that you find like you're doing? Um, I know you, met, you mentioned the other day uh, a bit of a mindfulness practice or is there anything else that you like to throw in to yeah. sort of help keep yourself grounded and, and energized and feeling good yeah yeah the mindfulness is a huge thing for me too and again it's not something that i don't do it for hours or even half an hour every day like but i always like make sure i get like at least 10 minutes at the start of my day to do that um again it's just that i guess frequency of habit so i i do have my little morning routine that i get done with that and and I guess writing down my gratitude and things like that at the start of the day. So I definitely make sure I get that done with a little bit of breath work and, and then, yeah, trying to get, get the, the exercise in there. And at the moment, like I've just been working on basic strength and, and low intensity cardio stuff. Like I'm aware that when I'm, I've got that, I guess, extra stress, stress in inverted commas coming in from everything else with the business growing and and time constraints that i'm not like crushing myself with my training like i try and train in a way that's actually like, like i say before that gives me energy and doesn't leave me feeling because riding is like when you go riding on your dirt bike like it is high intensity so i saw I one of the heart rate readouts you posted up that yeah. was huge it was like 100 it got up to like what 160 or 80 or something wasn't it 180 yeah 180 on for how long that was four hours on the weekend we went that was just a trial ride that wasn't even a race so (laughs) it's pretty yeah it is it's very demanding so that's i have to be mindful of that as well so that's why i don't do much high intensity training my high intensity stuff's on the bike when i ride is that, a, is that a message like, I know we've kind of gone tangent here, but I'm interested, is that something that you, that a lot of clients come in and sort of have to unlearn around like going really hard because the writing's already quite taxing? Like, is that, does that sort of thought process, is that common? Oh, it is 100%, man, yeah. And I guess that's like something that I do try and get across in, in my content as well. And that's probably why I attract certain people like, cause they're already been on that journey a little bit, perhaps of, of, of cooking themselves or overdoing it. Um, so they're, they're looking for a more sustainable approach. Yeah. Um, like I've that my new client who I've got, who's a pro level racer in the States, he's, he's probably doing less, 
intensity than the average person that's 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 working a job and 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 training every other day yeah so that that is a big part of it because i think with our sport like every time you get on the bike it's like not every time but most of the time you get on the bike and you go hard like it's it's red line your heart rate's like red line so it's it's the real challenge to manage that with the training um if you're riding twice a week for two or three hours you're spending three hours with your heart rate maxed out so it's it's challenging to manage the rest of your tra- training time yeah um, so it's yeah that's that's a big part of what we work on is and not well, not many of my clients are doing very much intensity off the bike at all it's very very small yeah small amounts of intensity and lots of low intensity work so yeah i love that what i really like is that you have the deeper insights and nuances from so much time in the sport to be able to teach them this stuff in a way that's not just like you know it's not just off of like something you learned on facebook or even just off of hrv manuals or something like that like you you know you know you've gone through it to be able to explain it to people who are opening open and willing to learn and and discuss it but like this concept about training easy and, and sort of the whys and, you know, use the language that resonates and really deliver a nice all round service to this particular group. Like it's quite a cool thing. Yeah. Thank you, man. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to achieve anyway. So I'm glad it comes across that way. Yeah. It's because each, each niche, we almost need a, a translator for us to take a message that may be there in the health and health and wellness industry in other places but then you're like, you're nuancing it and you're giving it to these, these riders with empathy so that they go, oh yeah, okay, cool. And, it, and they're happy to talk, have that discussion. Whereas yeah. they picked up a um, wellness living magazine or something and someone was like, don't stress your nervous system out. They'd just be like, oh, it, it might not be the right message at the right time in the right language. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah. And I guess that, yeah, like I, like I say, I had to learn that the hard way a little bit with, yeah. with myself. So, yeah. so I'm not happy to be able to pass that on now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or share that's happening? Not really, man, no. Like just looking forward to getting some camp dates. We're just kind of been sitting on it a little bit at the moment to just see because – you know, with the lockdowns in Melbourne, like people have been saying, oh, they're going to lock down the whole world state again and blah, blah, blah. So we've kind of been sitting on it. We didn't want to put any dates out there and start taking money off people if they were going to get cancelled again. But it kind of looks like we're not going to get put into lockdown again, yeah. at least in our part of the state. So that's what I'm working on at the moment is getting a few more dates up um, just locally to be able to run some of the camps again. Yeah. So that's, I guess, just looking forward to getting to be able to do some of them again and get out on the track with the guys on the bikes. Exciting, man. Well, uh, loving everything you're doing. And I think if you're listening and you're, you know, uh, have heard about this concept of niching down and not really sure what that looks like and picking the smallest viable audience and these things that we talk about all the time, jump over to give Ben a follow because uh, it's a really great example. And, um yeah it's exciting what's ahead and yeah wish you all the best and just keep keep going 
Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And I appreciate all your help. It's been a big, big part of the success this year as well. No, it's been a pleasure, man. Um, I'll put your handle in the show notes. Do you want to just read it out in case? Yeah, my so Instagram handle is at Offroad Performance Coach. Yeah, and website? Website's at 100, so 100% strength in letters, as you'd spell it, .com. Okay. Uh, I'll put them in the notes as well. I think that's it, man. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it and appreciate everything you're doing and have a great day down there. Awesome. Thanks, John.